Hi, this is Diva Celebration, and um, I've been off for a while. Haven't done a few um, podcasts for a while because of a lot of things that have been happening in my life. Uh, COVID-19 has taken its toll on all of us, as well as taken its toll on me. Uh, my father passed from complications of it, and I've had friends and family who have been struggling through it, uh, hospitalized family members also who have passed. So we've all been going through a really tough time during this pandemic. And uh, I just needed a little time off, a little time away. Uh, wasn't really feeling in the podcasting mood at the moment. So I decided to step back for a little while and just kind of concentrate on what I needed to do for family, friends, and myself. And also not to you know, bring any kind of a depressing mood to my podcast, I guess. But I am back. And I typical, as typical, uh, there's a reason that I decided to make a podcast. And this one is because uh, of the Fight for 15, uh, the Fight for 15, which is for everyone to get $15 an hour and, you know, kind of even out the score for everyone who's not able to make it or get by. So I've really been a supporter of the Fight for 15 ever since it came out, which is now it's been years since it came out. And it's finally getting its its day in court, I guess, or its day in Congress. Um because it's being considered by our current president. Thank God the last president is gone. Yes, I was not a supporter or fan of our last administration. That whole administration I was not a fan of. Um, because it definitely seemed to lean towards the wealthy and not lean towards 98% or 97% of the population of this country. So uh, that's why, you know, Fight for 15 now being uh, having more of a focus is a good thing. And uh, recently, Bernie Sanders, who, if someone's listening to this later in life, Bernie Sanders was a uh, is a senator and was uh, has run for president a couple times, and without you know uh, has not you know made it to that level at this point. Uh, but he has a, a a huge following of people uh, that. Uh, support him. And he put out on his page, you know, like, I don't agree with everything he says, but I agree with a lot of things he says, just as I don't agree with everything that a lot of candidates say, but there are a lot of things that they say I agree with. So, you know, I'm, I'm not like a partisan person. If I, if someone's saying something that makes common sense, I don't care what party they come from. It's common sense. And, and if it helps the people, then I agree with them. I don't care if they're Republican. I don't care if they're Democrat or Green Party or liberal or who they are. Common sense is common sense. And I'll support anyone in common sense, right? Or, or things that will help um, the, the country as a whole. So uh, he put out on his page that they were going to do the fight for 15. And the plan was for it to be over the next five years. So they were slowly going to raise the salary to 15 in five years. Worst thing I'd ever seen. Worst plan I'd ever seen. Because fight for 15 should have been done 10, 15 years ago. 
the the minimum wage has stayed stagnant for almost 20 years and it has not raised. I can remember, you know, uh, thinking, wow, we, the minimum wage has not, not been changed because uh, I got out of college and, you know, I used to make minimum wage, but, you know, I've gone beyond minimum wage at this point. And during um, a time in my city when companies were moving out and jobs were becoming scarce, I started going back to, you know, regular jobs because all the other jobs were leaving. Companies were leaving. The companies that I was working for had closed down or moved out of town. And so I was looking for another job and shocked to find out minimum wage had not raised. And I think a lot of people who are not on minimum wage don't know that. I think a lot of people are not aware that it has not raised for years. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go back to a job making that? It hasn't even raised in 20 years. And it is has not taken into cost of living. It has not taken into inflation. All of that has not been considered in raising the minimum wage. Every year, the minimum wage should be raised. I've worked at jobs where they give you a raised wage based on cost of living and um, just taxes and whatever. I mean, based on inflation, they will give you a raise. Companies to just automatically give you a raise. So see, I'm thinking they're not being nice about that. They're just doing it because the minimum wage is raising every year. No, 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 no. They were actually being conscientious, trying to keep their employees around because other companies could steal you away because they were paying more money. So they wanted to make sure that you didn't walk and go somewhere else after they had put a lot of training, money, and experience into you and time. You know, basically, I think people have to remember that if a company has kept you with them, they have trained you, they have um, given you more experience, mm. they, they've put a lot of money into you. And so for you to walk away is not a good thing for them. You know, and it's actually not very nice of you to do if they have given you uh, what they should have given you, which is the experience, the training, and if they're giving you health insurance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There are benefits uh, for staying with a company. And there are reasons why you stay for, with a company because they've been good to you. Anyway, so, uh, but you, we also know that those loyalties have been blurred because companies will just cut everybody and not even care. And you're like, well, I've just given you the best years of my life. Well, it used to be an even exchange. Uh, I kept you on and helped you with your life. Therefore, you've given me uh, the years of your life. It was like an even exchange when you were uh, employer-employee. It's not that way anymore. It's all about the bottom line, who can make more money. And now we're finding out that the minimum wage has not raised. I was shocked. I was shocked because, I again had not been on minimum wage for years. So to find that out and then to find out that it has stayed stagnant for almost 20 years, I just really didn't understand how people were making it on minimum wage. And I, like a lot of people who had already gone beyond minimum wage and had been paid better, assumed that it had been, it had been raising every year. So I think that when people have a bad attitude about people saying they want a higher minimum wage, 
it's because they don't understand that it hasn't risen and they don't understand the implications of that on people's lives. And now more than ever, more people are having to work minimum wage jobs because companies have lost their loyalty to their employees and companies are paying lower and lower and lower wages. You know, that's why a lot of people, companies used, they've used like the 2008 housing crash, different things that have happened in the economy, different dips and rises that we've had in an economy. A lot of companies will use that as an excuse to get rid of their higher paying paid individuals. And a lot of companies have, uh, you know, laid off or given severance pay to people who were making really good livable salaries, you know, what they should be paid, right? So what they would do is they would get rid of their, you know, more experienced people who have been in their company for years and years and years, they would pay them a severance package because it was cheaper for them to do that, to put the person in retirement and then let them start collecting social security from the government than to keep them on and keep paying them a salary because now, oh, there's all these new people coming out of college or all these younger people who have been out of college have experience. And guess what? They're willing to take way less of a salary because what they did to, for the 20 years, all these companies, all these wealthy individuals, is they trained a whole, I don't know, two or three generations on how not to be paid well. And to accept that, to accept that it's okay that you're not being paid well. And so now they're getting rid of all of the people that were trained, no, 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 that's who were in unions and fought for equal pay and fought for better pay all those years, all those older people that you look down on. Well, they actually got it to a point where you would be able to be paid well. And what you've done, you young, the younger generation, is you've gotten so used to being paid less that you're now accepting less. So now you're talking them out of the jobs that they've had that they fought for. And fortunately, they fought for severance pay. They fought for union wages. They fought for benefits. So when they retire, even if they're let go on a severance pa- package, they are fine because they and their generations fought for that, right? So now these companies are paying these severance packages to them and letting them go, which is cheaper for them. And now they've trained you the next few generations on how not to be paid well. So they're bringing you in for way less, no benefits, no retirement, no profit sharing. And they've stuck the minimum wage at the same place for 15 to 20 years. I I mean, I'm not really sure exactly how long, but I know it's been more than 15 years. And so they're bringing you in for way less. We're not just talking way less on salary basis, on an hourly basis. We're talking, they don't have to give you any kind of severance packages agreement if something happens to the company. They're not giving you retirement. They're not giving you profit sharing. And they're certainly not paying for your insurance. I mean, there's a lot of people who have full-time jobs that are even what we would consider decent paying, and they still have to go to, to uh, down to uh, f- uh, assistance and apply for health insurance to get assistance with health insurance because their companies don't offer it. And their companies, oh, we can't afford to do that. Really? Then how are all these companies making millions, billions, and now trillions? And these are all the companies who say they can't afford to pay you more of a salary. They can't afford to pay you sever- uh, a retirement 
packages. You have to pay your own. They can't afford to give you raises. They can't afford to cover your health insurance, blah, blah, blah. Yet they're walking away with billions, trillions in profits. That's It's a bunch of bull. The government and the wealthy have come to a point where they scratch each other's backs and these government officials who are going along with it are actually becoming millionaires, billionaires in the wake of it because they're getting paid under the table. It's all pretty obvious. It's all come out. So now that's the system we're under. You all have been taught, all these younger generations have been taught that they don't deserve more than that. So now there's talks of unions coming back and there's talks of, you know, wages being raised and all of these companies are just freaking out because now it's going to go back to where they were. They're not going to, they're not going to get to have all that money and be as powerful as they are anymore. And that's really what it's about, isn't it? It's about money brings power. And I, I used to think, why do people keep wanting more money than they really need? And well, it's not that they need the money. It's that the more money they have, the more power they have to be able to dictate how things go. And so the goal no longer goes to, you know, being, oh, I need to make more money or I need to get to the next salary. Well, yeah, they want to make more money. But at this point, it's about I need more power. Money will bring me more power. And it gets to be this, you know, whereas before the uh, making more money was an addiction, now it's, oh, I'm going to step up in a level of power. I'm going to be more powerful than the president. I'm going to be more powerful than country leaders. I'm going to be more powerful than people voting at the voting polls in America every year. Because I'm going to have money to be able to pay people off. I'm going to have money to be able to convince people to do things my way. I'm going to have money that brings me power. And that's really what this is all boiled down to and what I've been watching over the years. And it's kind of scary because when you really look at our country and other countries, you know, we thought that we walked away from the monarchy when we walked away from England, we thought that we became a democracy, but now it's starting to flip back to the way it used to be. And we are literally the wealthy who are powerful, who keep gaining more power, the more money that they earn. It's really starting to flip back to male dominated. And we're seeing that a lot, right? Male dominated. Most millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires are male. Even Amazon his wife was the one who had the idea to start Amazon selling books online and selling things online. She, it was her idea. It was her concept and she worked her butt off to make that happen. And guess what? Because we live in a patriarchal society, everybody thought it was him. No, 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 no. It was her. She did that. That was her idea. That was her concept. That was her hard work doing that. He was some investment manager that she worked in an investment management place with her. And he just rode her coattails. And because society is what it is, they assumed it was this little short idiot that did it all. Nope. He he helped her. But she was really 
the person with the ideas. She was really the person with the hard work. She was really who did it. And that's why he's giving her a lot of money in that divorce because he knows it. He knows that she's the one who did it. He knows that she could make him look bad. And if people really went back and looked at the history of Amazon, they would see that. They would see that she is she's the reason that it exists. But because we live in a patriarchal society, everybody just assumes the ma'am is the one who built the business. When I went through my divorce and we were separating uh, the business up, in court, it was all men, judges, lawyers. You know, there's very few women, again, in those in those hollowed halls uh, of courtrooms. And um, they assumed that my husband was the one who ran the business. No, 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 no. He was like a toolmaker in the shop and sometime foreman. I did everything else. And, you know, loan companies, uh, the companies we worked for, everyone else knew that. They knew I was the one running that company. They knew I was the one putting in the time. They knew that if I walked away, the company would fall apart. And as a matter of fact, when my ex, um, uh, threatened me that he would walk away. I was like, fine, go. Because I can hire someone to do what you're doing. I can hire someone tomorrow. It won't be hard to find someone to do what you do. Because you're basically doing what you did your whole life. You're just a toolmaker in a shop. And I have three or four people right now that I've talked to that I can hire to do what you're doing. And he knew it. And when when it finally ended, when finally the divorce was over, they had to hire six people plus a lawyer firm, a law firm, secretary, and an accounting firm to do everything that I was doing. So basically six people, plus I don't know the two firms, how many people that would constitute, but probably somewhere between six to 12 people were doing what I did because he couldn't do it. Like if I walked away, he should have been able to run that company, but he didn't. And you know what? In court, they didn't see it that way. They saw it as he's the man, he owns the company. I mean, I could not believe it. It's like, no, I even had legal documents that said that I owned 50% of that company. But they only saw that he was a man and I was a woman. And naturally, well, in a patriarchal viewpoint from a bunch of men who are in a courtroom, it's his company, right? It's not mine. Even though the paperwork said that it was half mine and half his. Even though I was in there working every day, even when he said, I'm going to walk away and let it fall apart. All the employees were like, well, you have to come in. It doesn't matter if he comes in. You have to be here because this place will fall apart without you. Even the employees knew that. All my friends, all of our mutual friends and family couldn't believe what he was doing. And they still don't speak to my, my ex because of what he did, because they realized that I was the one running the company. So there's what you, you, you get with the um, um, Amazon. Everybody just assumed it was him. No, no, it was her. And I, I, I imagine the reason that she's been so congenial is that she knows that she can blow him apart. And she's still a big part of that company. She still has a lot to do with that company. She's on the board. She's one of the big cheeses still. So trust me, it may look like he's running the company, but I'm pretty sure she's still the big cheese. And they just don't talk about it because people don't want to accept that, do they? 
that a woman is actually running that company. So, but he's just there for the power. I mean, he even bought a mansion in Washington, D.C. with, I don't know, I think they said there was like 25 rooms or something in it. And he hobnobs all the uh, elected officials, has parties there and pays them. And I mean, it's so obvious what's going on uh, on the upper echelons of power. So we think we're not living in a monarchy, but it has flipped back to a monarchy. These elected officials, these wealthy millionaires, billionaires, trillionaires are the lords, kings, whatever it used to be. And we are the serfs. We are not being paid enough and we are paying too too much in taxes compared to what we're being paid, which is exactly what was happening in a monarchy. We're right back where we were before. And what we have to realize is that's where we are. And we need to, with our votes, we can still change things, not just with our votes, but by calling our representatives, by uh, doing our own uh, voicing of what we don't like. Back to the fight for 15, and with it the salary staying stagnant for so long, my point in this whole thing is we can't just fight for 15 anymore. 15 is not enough. 15 should have happened 15 years ago. $15 an hour minimum wage should have been there 15 years ago. If you really sit down and do the math of inflation, cost of living, where the salary should be today to be livable comparatively to 20 years ago, or even further back, we should be fighting for 30, not fighting for 15, 30. I happen to know that in many of the larger cities, if you don't make $30 to $40 an hour, you can't make it. it you're going to be scrambling. And I can remember when I was in college and I was dating who then became my husband, uh, is now my ex, <laughs> and the business didn't split us up. That's not what split us up. He had an addiction that came out later in the marriage, last two years of our marriage. He had a drinking drug addiction that came out that I did not know about before I met him. And for, you know, the whole time we were together, he kept it at bay, I guess. And, you know, later found out people told me that I saved his life. Really? Why didn't anyone tell me he had an addiction? Like that would have been a better thing to say, not, oh, you saved his life. No, it would have been better to tell me he had an addiction. So I knew what I was getting into. Anyway, So, uh, but nobody said anything about that. So that's what broke our marriage up. It wasn't anything to do with the business, right? So, or working together. But, um, so when we were younger, he was working, um, making double what I was making. I was in college. I was working two part-time jobs, making, you know, a minimum or a little over minimum wage at that time, depending on, uh, where you caught me in my college career. And, I had two part-time jobs because I was trying to pay my own bills and get through college. I was living on my own. I left home at 18. So, and then he was making probably double an hourly salary what I was making because he was working a full-time job, you know, as a toolmaker. And we, and he wasn't just working 40 hours a week. He was working maybe 60, sometimes 80 hours a week because I was working two jobs and going to school. He just worked more, you know? So we were just getting by people. Yeah, we had a house. Yeah, we had two cars, but we were just getting by. And we were working our 
butts off. I'm talking two part-time jobs. We're talking, I was full-time pretty much. And he was working a full-time job that he would sometimes work 60, 80 hours a week. And we were just getting by. We weren't even rich. <laughs> and that was then. That was before we got married. That was before we had a company. I mean, but when we had a company, we were doing much better, way better than we were before. We were working just as much as we had before, but we at least were making money and, and putting it towards something that was going to pay off in the long run, right? We weren't working for somebody else. We were working for ourselves. So that is my point is that was even then on the minimum wage then or on the wages that we had then that were even a little above minimum wage. Even then it had already started. It was already a problem of people having to work their butts off just to get by. And it wasn't fun. And our goal was to get beyond that. So we didn't have to work all the time and that eventually we would make enough money at the business to retire at my, my ex and I, he had a plan that we would retire at 40 and then we could do whatever we wanted. That was the plan to make the business that successful so we could retire. And then we could do whatever we wanted from that point on. Sad that you have to start a business to do that because companies weren't paying you enough. Well, it's even worse now, right? They're still paying the same minimum wage that they paid us then which is crazy. So that minimum wage should be $30 an hour. I, like I said, people I know in LA, Chicago, New York, you know, um, I've looked at moving to LA. I would have to make 30 to $40, eh, probably even $40 an hour just to get by, just to be able to pay for a house, food, uh, car, uh, you know, insurance, all the things that basic things that you need to do to get by in life, $40 an hour. And I think that we figured that out to be like 75,000 to 80,000. That should be the basic income that you would get if you move there. And they are paying people $13 an hour, $11 an hour. I mean, I've applied for jobs at some of these movie companies that are they're, you know, they're, they're like the movie, the movie industry and the entertainment industry is one of our biggest exports in America. Look up stocks, everything. Look it up. It is like the top three exports for us. We make the most money in the entertainment industry, which is why it's so big here, which is why everybody wants to come here and make it in our entertainment industry, because we're number one, right? We make the most money. We have the most power in that industry, I guess, is what you would say. And we can't, they can't even pay their people $30, $40 an hour, $75,000 to $80,000 a, a year to make it. I mean, I've applied for a few jobs and they've come back to me and told me, oh, $11 and it's not even guaranteed and, duh, 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 and you don't get insurance. And I'm like, what? This is an industry making a lot of money. So it's really funny when they try to, when people in the entertainment business try to force the fact that other industries should be doing more for their employees when they're not even doing that for their own employees. They're not even paying. They make more money than most industries do and they're not even paying their employees fairly, which is why you have the, the SAG, um, you know, the Actors Guild, you have those unions 
that are trying to help the actors and the people who work in those, you know, behind the scenes as well. You have unions everywhere in the entertainment business, because if they didn't have those unions, those people would not get paid well. And, but it's on the flip side with the unions. Sometimes, sometimes it's a ridiculous, like what they uh, 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 want people to be paid. And so then when people are trying to break in, if you're not in a union, they won't let you work on some jobs. You're not allowed to do certain things on a set, blah, blah, blah. So that's where that control comes in. But my point being, you can't live in LA, New York, Chicago, uh, Dallas, huge cities, unless you're making at least $30, $35, $40 an hour, because you will not be able to pay your bills. You will not be able to eat. And they are paying people $15 an hour there and people are barely making it. Right. So, and people say, well, in other parts of the country, $15 an hour is enough. No, it's not. And let's also make the point that other countries like Australia, Denmark, Norway, like let's the McDonald's thing, they're all paying 22 to $30 an hour. And there's other countries McDonald's is, and they haven't raised the, the price of a Big Mac maybe 20 cents, 30 cents more for a Big Mac. So fight for 15 isn't enough. Fight for 30 is enough. And McDonald's and all these big corporations can afford to do it. They're just not doing it because you accept it. You're accepting what's going on. Now I'm going to do a little research um, about statistics and what's really happening. But what we need to do as a, a as a group of the country is to really push that this not just be fight for 15, but it be fight for 30. And if it is fight for 15, then you have to cover uh, medical insurance, uh, retirement, and all the other things. So I'm going to do a little research. I'll be back for another podcast and maybe talk about this a little bit more. Until next time, this has been Diva Cerebration. <laughs>